0: Welcome to the Lost to Limitless cast, hosted by Jack Wilson and Blair Johnston. We want to bring you the very best information within health and fitness that we possibly can to leave you limitless physically, mentally and emotionally. So before we get started, we want to ask one thing. If you enjoy what you hear today, can you please share this with family, friends, social media so that we can help more people? Thank you. Welcome to episode 12 of the Lost Donuts cast, episode 12. Jack, how are we doing today, my man?
1: I'm all good, bro. I'm all good, my man. Had a not bad week so far, which has been good, and sort of not bad week Sort of planned for the rest of the week. So yeah, mate, how about you? How are you this morning? How are you feeling?
0: Good, tired, tired this morning. Harrison, Harrison liked to join us in the bed last night, so um, I, I've never seen something so small take up so much of a, a king-size bed. That's incredible, mate. <laughs> he can make himself very spacious when he wants to. Yeah, exactly, mate. The joys the parenthood. Uh, but no, no, apart from that, mate, doing doing really, really well. Looking forward to today's today's episodes for anyone listening. Today's episode, we are doing a QA. So myself and Jack just chucked out um some questions into our own private groups um of clients and then also into social media. Um and we got some questions back which we're going to answer so there'll be some questions in here hopefully that you maybe haven't thought about and it's going kind to of get sparked um you know just sparked a little bit in your head where you, you then gain a little bit more information or there's some questions in here that you too would like the answer to so um we're just going to get stuck into it, i think jack sound good yeah. Jack, I'll ask you first, and basically what we're going to do is we'll just take tons of answers kind of each question and then kind of discuss a little bit. So the first question, uh, we're keeping all the questions anonymous as well, um, but if you ask that, you'll, you'll know who you are. Um, so question number one, Jack, in your experience, has age ever really been a factor when it comes to either building muscle or weight loss? I mean, that's quite a
1: good It is a pretty good question, to be honest, um, for the reason of there is probably a lot of men, women out there that do think that. And to be honest, yes and no. And also that whole sort of answer of it depends. depends.
0: (laughs) The answer that everybody
1: dreads. (laughs) But the reason it is and it isn't, because obviously depending on your past, whether it's... um, fat loss whether it's muscle building whether it's you've ever done it before or not when we're actually talking about and when I mean this in terms of past is the chances are if you're slightly of the sort of generation where you might be in your mid 40s or 50s now chance are you've went through a lot of sort of um what we would call sort of fad diets sort of cookie cutter programs so as an age thing you've probably seen a lot of them and the chance are you've probably believed in a lot of them so in order to try and convince you now how myself and Blairwood coach, technically that's an age thing that's going to go against you. And the way I look at it because of the background you've come from, but on the flip side of that as well, um, it can also because you are slightly on the older side of things or what you're saying on the sort of going up in the scale in terms of age-wise, you're probably a little bit more mature, you understand things a lot better and you can probably can actually turn yourself, turn your hand to a lot of different things. But when it does probably a factor to a certain degree is or when I've possibly seen it as possible in females, um, with regards to hormones and things like that, as things go on. Now, it doesn't necessarily affect fat loss directly, but indirectly, depending on what stage you are at, it can it can um, indirectly affect it. But also depending on sort of your health um, and your hormones and what kind of past you've got and where you are currently, it can obviously directly affect it as well. Um, so to answer the question, in my opinion, yes. Um, there is obviously things you can do again. We would need to know you individually to know exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my sort of take on it from trying to sort of give it an overall view. What about you, Blair? Would you say in your experience or currently, previously, maybe a specific client that comes to your head that yeah. you feel actually know that did happen? Or I think, you
0: uh, know, I think you're, to- I think you're to- I t- totally agree with what you're saying there. I mean, I think for for the for the, if we had to take um, society and, and population as a whole, if we had to look at it from a physiological factor, um, age isn't going to play much of a role in stopping you from being able to lose body fat or gain muscle. Um, but when we start to look at the older generation, um, there, are compli- there are things that can start to come in that could affect it. Um, and we use these words like it depends and could simply because it is something that's personable to the person, their history, um, their their makeup, their current health in that situation. Like Jack was saying, if we're looking at an older generation, the reality is is we're going to come up to, again, a lot of comp- in, a lot of belief systems that they currently have that may be difficult and may challenge, how we coach and the kind of new age of fat loss and muscle building because that's not what was done back in the day and that was but not what they were growing up with it's just like your parents will parent people differently than to what we do it's, it's the way it works it's society as it grows and information as it comes out but looking on a physiological standpoint exactly what jack said if you're looking at more the older generation uh, and by by the way when we're talking older generation we're talking like 40s mid 40s upwards we're not if you're if you're in your 30s mid 30s and unless you have a condition then you are no like your metabolism hasn't slowed down you're yeah. at no babe at like and and even females and that sort of things your hormone balance most likely is not coming into play we're talking about when we're talking about women and, and hormones we're talking about when women are getting closer to that um menopausal state when we're talking about males and more look, more likely, when we're talking about building muscle, we're talking about when they're you know closer to their fifties and above and testosterone levels are are lower, that will have an impact. Yes, however, generally speaking,
1: it's going to be indirectly.
0: It's yeah, it's indirectly, and the chances are, if you're a fifty-year-old and you've never trained and you're a guy and you start training using weight, you're going to gain some muscle mass, regardless of what your testosterone level is. If you're a female and you've never trained and you've never really looked at your diet and you want to lose weight, and even if you're going through kind of menopause, there's a good chance you're going to lose weight. I say good chance because there will be those people that will struggle. But if we're taking it as a whole, you are going to be fine. So that is a massive one of yes and no. And yeah. it depends completely on your situation. But if, look, if you're 40 and below and you have no physical condition, you're in good health, your age will not um, um, affect your ability physiologically to lose body fat or gain muscle. When we're talking about physiologically, it's a different story when you start eating into your lifestyle, your habits, your routines, your life in terms of kids, career, family, all that sort of shit. But when you're talking about it physiologically, because that's the first excuse that a lot of people tend to lose, how many times have we had that, Jack? But my metabolism is just not the same as when I was 20. Your metabolism is directly affected by the amount of calories you consume. So yeah. you, you can, if you go from consuming 1,000 calories and then start to consuming 2,000 calories, your metabolism will increase. It's not to do with your age.
1: Yeah, you know, nothing like that. Yeah. yeah. Th-
0: like there are metabolic conditions out there, but the chances that you have one are
1: very fucking slim. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. It's just about understanding that. Um, so yeah, hope that sort of helps with regards to that one. And again, any question you've got off the back of this, um yeah. feel free to send us a message.
0: Yep.
1: So question two for you, Blair. How do you avoid letting one bad day turn into a bad week? So you can start this one off. Good, good
0: question. Um this comes from your firstly your thought process, I think. Um, and using that age-old saying, if you've got one t- if you've got a burst tire, you're not going to go stick a knife in the other three. Okay. Um, where I think a lot of people, they make one bad mistake, they have a bad meal, they have um, a bad day, and how can they stop it turning into a bad week? Well, the reality is is that when you look at things when you wake up your next thing in the day it's not directly impacted by that and your chances of success will rely will 100 rely on your ability to pick yourself back up and move forward a bad day is it like it's coming back to that point of if you go out and have uh if you have one takeaway you're not going to gain fat just the same as if you have you know one salad that's low in fucking calories you're not going to suddenly now lose fat so if you have one bad day that's off track you miss a training session you overeat or over consuming your calories if fat loss is the issue or if you're muscle building you're under eating you're struggling maybe stress has hit the wall and you've not been able to get outside and the full day has been a shit show pack it up put it in that suitcase that day is done it's in the past there's this fuck all you can do about it There is absolutely nothing you can do in this moment in time to change the past. You have to focus on where your next step is. So that's waking up next day and day and just trying to do better than the day before. And the best way to do it is looking at what did not go right yesterday or last week. And now how can I prioritize that for the day moving forward? So for instance, yesterday, your nutrition was shit. Okay, maybe that's what you fucked up on. Maybe that was your bad day. That was what caused your day to be bad. That now becomes your priority for today above training above getting out and getting steps that now becomes your priority the best thing i always do with my clients is we look at potentially maybe if they had a bad day or a bad week depending we look at what wasn't great and then that now becomes a priority for the week moving forward that will help you overcome it physically and mentally massively because that's where it comes a bad day is not really going to impact you physically at all it is mainly going to come from a mental standpoint of overcoming it and and understanding that it is absolutely completely normal to have a bad day. I have bad days, Jack has bad days. I have days where I don't hit my nutrition. I have days where I miss training. I have days where I can't get out and get a step count done. It happens. But I have trained long enough. Now, 12 years of training, that we're gonna I've had many bad days. But I'm still here training, and that is what is gonna keep me at least in with
1: a shot of getting to where I want to be, which is something that's also ever-changing. Yeah, I agree on that. And as well as uh, just sort of sort of my take on it quickly would just be exactly that, like from a mental point of view, that's it. But also just things like eliminating what actually happened um, yeah. in order for you to deem it as a bad day. What What is it that you actually say is a bad day? Is it just because you just didn't, didn't hit your step count? Is that what a bad day is? Or was it because you didn't do it? do all of the things that you're asked. But also what I like to look at is, and it's something I use with clients, is looking at what it was and if it's something that's in your in in your control, exactly what Blair said, we now use that as tomorrow's sort of goals or next week's goals, whatever way we're going to look at this, whether it's a bad day or a bad week. But in this in this instance it's a bad day. If today's a bad day and it's something that you can control, then obviously we'll look at then controlling that in a better manner tomorrow. However, if it's something that's caused by something that's out with your control, whether it's something in work that you physically couldn't have stopped happening, which now then leads you to being staying late at work because it needs to be fixed before tomorrow, but it's again, it's something out with your control. That's something you cannot control. So you're not going to be able to then go home and prep your food for tomorrow, or you're not going to be home and be able to get take the dog out of walk. It's normal big walk you normally get, which is going to box off your steps for the day and get your gym session in. So if, for example, in this example, you're not going to be able to make a nice sort of fresh fresh dinner and you're going to miss out your steps in your, in your evening training session, you've got to understand that's out with your control. So trying to understand that, that, wait a minute, actually, that was something that I didn't choose to do. Yeah. It was something that, ha- that, that happened that caused this to happen. But in the same sense, even if you did choose to do it, who cares? Tomorrow's a new day. Today's already done because whatever decision you've just made, it's already done. We cannot rewind time. It's something we probably, we all probably want to be able to do, but unfortunately we can't, we cannot go backwards, so it's like, cool, look, we know what the task at hand is, we know exactly, and again, just always remember the consequences, so if, if you're having that bad day, even if it's a Monday at the start of the week, what's the consequence if you leave that bad day into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and make that a bad week, yeah. what's the consequences, so just think of that, so yeah, that's the sort of things that I would say to help you understand that, so yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah.
0: It's just like you say at the end of the day, man, it's, it's one day, it's not, there's 365, 66, 66 of a sleep year. There's 365 of them in, the, in, in a year. One, two, three, four, fucking 10, 20 bad days is minimum in comparison to um, in comparison to a year. So you've always got to think, I think big thing is look at the bigger fucking picture. Look at the bigger picture of the time. Okay, it's not, and when we can realise that actually, that bad day isn't as bad or as hurtful as I once thought it was okay you find it a lot easier to pick up and move forward yeah I agree definitely so are there the so question three um are there ever days where you think stuff this I've had enough
1: yes plenty of days <laughs> um plenty of days where that's happened to me and again well yeah obviously the question is is there that le- as days, hundred percent. Um, myself and Blair are just exactly like you, exactly like you guys who listen to this podcast, who look after themselves, trying to achieve the goals that you set. Trust me, we are no robots. We are no different to you guys. If anything, we're probably identical to you, but in a totally different way. If that makes sense, I, I was just say, I was just saying that we're the same but different, because yep. no one's the same, but we all have the same thought processes. Well, but yeah, trust me. Um, I know Blair will obviously chip in in a minute or two with his sort of view on this, but yeah, we all have it. Um, there could be days where and actually something we spoke about before we jumped on this was literally like if we are now trying to create content um, for our social media channels, trying to make sure that we're staying relative of where the marketplace is at. Trying to be on the ball and be creative all the time is very tough, and on days that we were talking about that, on days where we're trying to create content, it's just a day we just go, do you know what, shut the laptop, forget everything today, start again tomorrow. Like, and that, and that generally could be at nine o'clock in the morning. But it's just that way. And again, it, it, those sort of last two questions link in together. There is days we just go, do you know what? So this, st- yeah. start fresh tomorrow. Go and, do, go and do something that is going to be more beneficial for us, whether it's taking ourselves off, trying to clear the head a little bit. But some days you won't just get that. Why? Because you're only human. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely normal to have. And as Blair said to finish off the last one, look at how many days in the year there is. So even if you have one day one day a week or two or three days a month where that happens, it's absolutely fine. There's still plenty more days that like you move the needle closer towards the goal. So in short, yes, um, I do have days like that. And I'm sure will now chip in now as well.
0: No, I totally, like, I think this th- there's, a, there's a mad difference, right, between having days where we think, fuck it, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm giving up when it comes to training, I'm giving up when it comes to nutrition, why do I care about this? Why, like, I have days like this when it comes to the job that I do, where I fucking, re- I'm pretty sure you said this before, like, rethink everything that we're doing. Why am I doing this to myself? There's a stark difference between thinking about like that and in actually doing it, you know what I mean? And that way of have just been, like, giving up. So, yeah, hard things, things that are difficult, changing your body, changing your lifestyle, changing routines for the better, running your own business, um, working, working up the ladder in your career, yes, you are absolutely fucking human, and you're going to have days where you think, what what the fuck is the point, why am I doing this, that is completely normal, but if it's something that's going to benefit you, and it's going to better you, there's a, like I said again, there's a stark difference between thinking that, and then acting on that thought, you know, um, So yeah, I do have days like that. There's days where I've trained in the gym and I've just been like, what the fuck am I doing here, man? You know, I've got other things that I should be getting on with. Why am I here? I have other days where I'm like that with business. Like I'll be driving home and I'll be thinking about all the shit that I've got to do. And I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? Life would be easier if I just went and got a job. Um, You know, and I just turned up and earned a wage. So... And by the way, so that no one takes offence, since it's twenty twenty two, I'm not saying that whoever turns up and earns a wage is is an easy job and it's easier than what I do. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the stresses and pressure of being self-employed, you know. Um. So yeah, yeah, totally have days where I think, "Fuck this, what's the point?" But I think there's a massive difference between thinking it and then acting on it. If you're acting on it, then I I don't think what you're doing is either for the right reason or. Benefiting your life in some way,
1: shape or form. Also comes back to what I was saying at the end of the last question, is just the consequences as well. Like, what's the consequences of maybe just actually packing the whole thing in, rather than just packing it in on that day or on that week? So yeah, just always sort of keep that, keep that at the forefront of your mind. And as we always say, sort of, keep that why nice and fresh. Um, because yeah. if you keep that why fresh and that up to sort of scratch and the reason why you're doing what you're doing, you'll then start to realize, wait a minute, actually, I don't want to pack this in, but you know what? Just today, I am going to take a step back, and I'm not going to do much because things are a little bit too stressful, or I'm a little bit overwhelming. That's absolutely fine. Tomorrow's a new day, and you move on. So yeah, hope that helps with regards to that one. Anything else to add on that one, Blair? Before we move on.
0: No, I mean, no. Nah, I think I think we kind of covered that one pretty well, mate. You know.
1: Question four, Blair. Other days, uh, yeah. Other ever days, you do not hit your protein goal. This is probably one that's probably to be honest is a lot is, is on a lot of people's minds.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Um, there's there's days where I don't. I, I must admit personally, I I I quite like protein, like it's not hard for me to get protein intakes in. Uh and to be fair, that is largely coming from the history of my training, my nutrition um it's not you know because from a very young age i've trained and get into bodybuilding so bodybuilding protein almost come hand in hand you know what i mean so i actually do you know what i used to struggle i used you're to bodybuilding if you don't know what protein is exactly you're not bodybuilder if you don't love chicken right um <laughs> what i used to struggle with massively was actually um especially when i you know years and years, and years ago when i first began tracking calories um and and protein and macros and stuff I actually struggled to keep on like keep below or on I was always going on overshooting my protein intake um so but there are days where I don't where I don't hit my target yeah of course um but I think what you again it comes back to like what we've said before a little bit when it comes to nutrition you've got to think of the bigger picture here so whether you're trying to gain muscle you're trying to lose body fat um the overarching um Factor of that is going to be your calorie intake you know if you're not if you're not in a calorie deficit you won't lose body fat regardless of your protein intake if you're not in a calorie surplus you will struggle to build muscle um effectively um, regardless of your protein intake does protein intake have its benefits of course it does it helps us maintain um, muscle mass when we are in a deficit and it also helps us um re- recover well and improve muscle mass in a sense um when we're on a on a surplus but yeah there are days where you don't hit it but it comes back to making 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 sure you hit target more days than you than you don't
1: question for you before i sort of chip in would be what sort of protein sources would you then use just to give the listeners maybe on a daily basis yeah just maybe even like daily basis maybe even things that you sometimes use that maybe maybe the listeners maybe wouldn't necessarily know and go all oh, right wait a minute I didn't actually know that was a protein sauce yeah any.
0: good question um to be fair mines are mines are relatively basic chickens a bog standard like I will probably have chicken every single day of the week in some way shape or form whether it's chicken breast whether it's chicken mince um uh, which is really quite good um turkey mince things like that I'll also have I do use whey protein but I don't use it a lot um I'll only use it if I'm having oats. Um very rarely will I not have it. Um or sorry, very rarely will I have it actually, especially when I'm um especially when I'm not like in a, a mad dieting phase. Um in sense of other things I'll use like um fat free g- Greek yogurt, um quite a lot. I'll use Greek, yeah, I, 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 I always
1: find that's one that folk don't realise is sort of yeah, yeah. is sort of high in protein.
0: The total zero one from Aldi is a lot cheaper and perfect on, on protein. Um bacon medallions, quite I we use them almost every day. Eggs and egg whites. Um I'll use a lot. So if I remember making scrambled egg now, especially at the house, um I'll only ever use like one or two eggs and then the rest will all be egg whites, just because what's the point in taking in extra fats for for no real reason? Um and then other protein sources. To be fair, that, that's where a lot of my protein sources come from. To be fair, I'm
1: quite a... Just to you know, give sort of the listeners maybe a little right. bit more of an idea or insight what we possibly, yeah. possibly eat on a daily basis, but at least sort of where we yeah. maybe get
0: our protein sources from. A, a, a lot of what I consume is quite monotonous. It's very, very samey. But the reason I do that and the reason it's kind of ingrained in me is because I know what I'm getting. So a little bit of advice on the side of that, is that anyone who's potentially struggling with nutrition, a lot of the time it's coming down to planning. And the easiest way to plan is to have staple meals. So I say this to a lot of my clients. Like, if you're someone who goes to work and you always have your breakfast at work, like, have a staple meal. Have the same breakfast all the time. The reality is, is if you look at your the way that you consume food, whether you're going out to buy lunches at work, you probably buy the same shit all the time. If you go and buy a Tesco meal deal, I guarantee you buy the same sandwich, you buy the same snack, the same drink all the time. You very rarely change it up. Maybe you have that little quim where you're like, oh, maybe I fancy this instead. Maybe you do. But most of the time, I guarantee the stuff that you choose for lunch is very, very similar. The stuff that you choose to eat for dinner on a weekly basis, very, very similar. You'll have a cycle, yeah, mate, 100% but it'll be very much the same food. The stuff that you choose to cook yourself for breakfast at the weekend will be the same food, most likely. Very rarely, we eat in cycles, why? Because we like it. So start finding foods that you like that meet your targets and make them staples. Have a staple breakfast, have a staple lunch. So that means that you don't have, it's less decisions that you have to make. makes your life fucking a lot easier. Anyway, I've run on. Jack, do you ever... Struggle
1: to get your protein intake yeah of course i do again i'm just assuming as you guys um is that what blair said yeah coming from my background like when you were so sort of focused on calories and macros and things yeah it becomes definitely a lot easier because of the background but again that's only coming from my training experience and sort of the things that i've done again most of you will know or maybe you don't know from previous podcasts but both myself and blair have done bodybuilding shows and i have went through a spell of bodybuilding and like I said, when uh, even probably you guys that don't do bodybuilding or know much about it, probably one of your first thought processes when it does come, when the word bodybuilding enters your head is sort of based around protein or chicken or something like that. So, yeah, um, I'm a bit like you, Blair, but however, there will be days where I don't. And usually it's something I always say a lot to clients and any clients that is listening to that probably think, God, he sounds like a broken record. But one thing that I'll always get clients to do is plan. Um, yes, but I'll also get them to actually plan their protein first. Um, so basically, if they're struggling to hit 100 grams, 120 grams, 200 grams, 600 grams, however many grams they're due to get on that day, basically what I'll do is get them to put in their protein sources first, because if they're planning their meals in advance and they're still getting, they're still not hitting, that, hitting those numbers, then yeah, it's good that they're planning ahead because it means they're not going over their calories, which again, calories are going to be the number one most important thing, whether it is fat loss, maintenance, or muscle gaining or muscle building. But in the same sense, if we're planning, we're still not maybe planning accurately enough if yep. we're still missing out. So all I'll getting then to do is just let you go through your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner. Exactly what Blair was trying to say, just trying to get you into that sort of staple, consistent meals. So, if, for example, um, again, just kind of think of of what I use, like two baking medallions, two eggs. That would be my protein sources out in the morning. Yes, okay, I'm going to get a little bit of fat from the eggs, but it's a main is going to give me a lot of protein. Then into lunch, it might be something like cooked chicken, might be tuna, um, or like what Blair said, if I'm going to make maybe porridge oats or something, it might then well be whey protein. Then if I'm going to have a snack, it then might be, depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing, I then might make again, something like porridge oats, where I then might add whey protein if I didn't have it for lunchtime. But I'm not going to be adding the the sort of oats in at this point. All I'm going to be doing is getting them to add in the protein first to then yeah. realize, right, okay, cool. A maybe 20, 30 gram shot of my protein before I've even had any other foods. Because remember, other food sources are going to contain protein. Yep. Yes, they're not going to be direct protein sources, but if you're maybe 10, 15, 20 gram shot, chances are you'll find that that will sort of creep up. So yeah, that's sort of all I sort of would want to add is if you're planning your, your sort of meals beforehand and you're hitting your calories, but still maybe not hitting those, those sort of protein numbers, then just simply look at how do we now just now plan protein first and then slowly make up the rest of your meal. That way then you're gonna hit calories and then or you're gonna hit protein first, sorry, and then calories.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, do you know what? Like, and, and this isn't to be like this isn't to be one of those hard, hard coaches in that sense, but if you're taking the time to plan your meals out and you're not hitting your protein target, I I would go as far to say that you're just not paying attention to it at all you're not considering it because if you're spending the time to sit and plan out what your meals are and your only other potential target so for a lot of my clients depending on where they are but for the majority I'll set a calorie target and a protein target and if they're planning their meals out in advance and they're not hitting their protein target and they're not then contacting me saying that they're struggling with it they're just not paying attention to it they're just choosing to track it track their calories which is always of course the most important part but then they're choosing not to pay attention to their protein that is the reality of it you know so if you are taking the time to track your calories and you you have set yourself a protein target or your coach has set yourself or myself or jack have and you're not you're not hitting it and then you're not reaching out to that said coach because you're struggling and you need help then you're obviously just not paying attention to it but it can be a very important thing so also from that side of things, what's the excuse? That would be my question. Why are my, my first question is why are we first not are you just not paying attention to it? And if they are if they are said if the answer is yes, I'm like, okay, well, if you're not hitting it and you're not paying it and you are paying attention to it, why have you not asked me sooner? or why have you not asked Jack sooner? But if you aren't hitting it and you're not paying attention to it, then why not? Is it just because, potentially can't be bothered looking at that too, you know. So that's just that might be quite a harsh way to look at it. But if you're taking the time to track it, it to to plan ahead in terms of your meals, then it's not going to take you much longer to to plan ahead in terms of protein. Boom. So Jack. So another protein, another protein question. Um is a protein shake, this is quite a common question actually, is a protein shake better before or after a workout, and is it better with milk or water when trying to build muscle? Such
1: an old school uh, question, yeah. isn't it? I know. But to be, but to be honest, uh, me, Perse, again, you're asking us personally, this is only going to be my opinion. Of course. And I was going to have his, what but people? genuinely doesn't really matter. Um, Before or after, I'm not one who actually prescribes any post-workout shakes or pre- or intra-workout shakes, um, depending on, obviously, the individual. But if we're talking about general fat loss or even general muscle building, um, because, obviously, the the second part of that question is going to be about muscle building. But in the same sense, nah. Um, Is it better or after? It's entirely up to you. Um, Again, sometimes what I'll always say is, it's not obviously exactly because one's actual so food, other one's obviously like but for me, um a scoop of whey protein in a shaker with milk or with water or out a out a sort of tub if you buy it from Morrison's asda, Aldi, Tesco, home bargains, yeah, whatever you right, buy it from. Yeah, like a sort of pre-made one, it's just like a chicken breast, in my opinion. It gives off the same it's the same calories. If not, they're gonna be more calories um, than a chicken breast, etc., or vice versa. That is it. There is no more sort of any more to it than what I would say other than it's just going to be direct protein source. Do you need direct protein source after you work out? Of course you do. But does it have to be in a shake form? No. Um, does it have to be drinking the minute you walk out that gym door? No. Um, do you have to basically crash <laughs> it?
0: That anabolic window. <laughs> do you, basically
1: to, do you basically need to crash your car on the way home because you're too busy trying to shake, shake <laughs> your shake your shake and you don't realise it's a red light and you crash into the person in front of you, no, you do not need to do that. You can wait half an hour, an hour till you're home, eat whenever, like, or you can literally, if you're in the morning going to work um, and you're doing a morning session, just take your breakfast with you. Yeah. Make sure there is protein in it, yes, but it doesn't have to be a shake. Yeah,
0: um, totally. So, yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think what Jack's what Jack said there, for, for the majority of people, 100%, um you know i think one thing you've got to remember is that protein powder itself is a supplement so it supplements your diet you know this is where people get mixed up when it comes to you know a lot of people come in and be like yeah but what supplements should i take and it's like do not you know stop supplements are they are the cherry on top you have to have the foundations of your calories that are coming in there's absolutely no point in you worrying about what time and um, um, to take your protein shake and um, when you're calories aren't in check there is absolutely no point in worrying about that um, in terms of my my like my view on it is exactly like jack um, the reality is you've got to think of the bigger picture what is your what is your um what is your total overall calorie intake so for, for, for uh, who's asked the question when it comes to you trying to build muscle you need to be looking at making sure you're on a, uh, you're better looking at making sure you're constantly in a surplus and your training is progressive you know, um, so you're always doing a little bit more when you're in the gym, you're, you're beating it by one rep, you're doing an extra set, you're adding some load to the bar with good form, you're improving your form, that is going to do more for you building muscle than it is to deal, um, to, to worry about when you're taking your protein. All, however, just because I, I hate to not, you know, explain the benefit, whey protein is something that is very easily digestible. So if you you're someone who maybe struggles with feeling bloated after eating a meal quite soon after the gym or potentially in the morning, then it may be a good option for you to have it because it's very, very easily digestible. So it's not going to cause you much stomach issues in a digestive standpoint. That being said as well, if you're looking to improve digestion, you would probably be better to have it with water than with milk because milk can sometimes cause digestive issues with people. That is getting to the fine art of it. There is absolutely no point in you worrying about that if your calories and training and everything else in between is not in check, okay? But we're here to to, to tell your knowledge and, and what we know. So, was that there, you sort of answering the
1: question of is it better with milk or water when trying to build muscle? Sorry, is that you answering just for the listeners? So yeah, can, yeah, yeah, for, is that yeah. You answering.
0: yeah that yeah so is it better with milk or water um on a digestion standpoint you're probably you're, you're going to be better having it with water for sure um milk again if you're struggling to get calories in to hit that surplus go for it and if it doesn't cause you digestive issues go for it you don't feel bloated after it perfect have it by by all means um in terms of having it before or after the gym again like what jack says and in, in all essence, it doesn't really matter. If you wanted to be slightly more um, optimal with it, then I would advise you to have it after rather than before. But it really comes down to your total intake. That's the reality of it. It comes down to your total intake. Exactly what Jack says for 99% of you listening to this. It doesn't matter if you take it before or after. It doesn't matter if you take it with water or milk. The only thing that matters is whatever your goal is and um, therefore your calorie intake to do with that and your protein intake from there. Remember, whey protein is an absolute supplement. It's only there to supplement your diet if you cannot get it from food.
1: Yeah, and also just want to quickly add in before we move on as basically for the same amount of calories you would possibly use on a protein shake, even if you do it with water, 25, 30 grams worth of sort of whey protein powder, whatever those calories come out, because they are going to be obviously different depending on the brand. But what's going to keep you fuller for longer? Yes, okay, the same amount of protein is I'm going to be the same. Let's say, for example, you're going to eat, if have a, pack of, a packet of cooked chicken at a Tesco next mm-hmm. to the gym on your way to work, or you're going to have a made-up protein shake, or you've made one up yourself. If it's the exact same, 100 calories, 200 calories, and the same amount of protein, you might think, well, obviously it's going to be the same, but it's not, because one, no. obviously, good form, no. you've got to think how much room in your gut that's going to take up, how much then, from a mental point of view, do you actually feel fuller by <laughs> drinking or do you feel fuller by eating? Yeah. So that is when, obviously, you so what, probably, so what call hygiene, just how you actually chew calories, um, no. the actual hygiene of the food and where the calories are coming from, and yes, they're both sort of protein sources, but it's then now looking at, is food better than... Um, liquid, liquid form for you, or is liquid form better than food form you. Me personally, I would always rather eat. I'm sure Blair probably be the same. Yep. We'd always rather have food, um, especially when in a calorie deficit as well.
0: Exactly. I would say that's fat loss.
1: Then yeah, I would choose food over over liquids. But if you're on the sort of muscle building muscle building uh, journey and you're maybe struggling to get calories in, you've maybe ate a hell of a lot. Right. If your calories in about two and a half thousand, three thousand, three and a half thousand, four thousand. And that's quite high for you, yep. then we would probably recommend you actually drinking
0: yep. a more of a protein. Then, it's, not, the it's another one of those ones, man. It, it totally it depends. depends on your situation. Yeah. And a lot of the answers to the fact is, if you're someone who asks a, a, good, a good coach, in my eye, in my view, when you ask them a question, will probably begin it with, it depends. It depends. And the reality is, is because a lot of this stuff is personal dependent. It depends on your situation, your physiology, your lifestyle, your habits, your routines, what your goals are, where you are currently within those goals. A lot of the answers are totally different from person to person. That is why you should never really pay attention to what someone eats in a day and then take it from there as to that's what you should eat when it comes to fat loss, when it comes to muscle gaining and building and all that sort of stuff. Because just what's right for one person does not mean it's right for the other. So.
1: yeah, Totally so true. That question, man. So moving on, number six. Blair, what is your favourite dinner dish to make? So is there anything that you make, anything that Les makes that you like? I
0: a I want to. Do you know what? I really like questions like this. Yeah. It makes me think. It makes me have to try and choose. In my all honesty... I very much view food as, like, and maybe that's where my competing past and all that sort of stuff's kind of ruined food a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong, I love going to a restaurant. I love good food. But on a date, like, unless it's a set occasion, like, I think Les, Les will, she'll be listening to this at some point. She, she will totally agree and be on her head here. But I am probably one of the worst people to live with because when Leslie's like, oh, what do you want for dinner? I, my answer is, I, whatever. I genuinely couldn't care. Like if Leslie told me like tonight we're having Thai curry, I'm like, sweet, that's fine. If she then turned around and says, oh, I'm going to eat, let's make burgers. Awesome. Let's make chicken kebabs. Yep, that's fine. Like let's make bolognese. Not a problem. I genuinely do not care as long as it's food and it gives me something. Like, of course, I've got to like it. Like I've got, <laughs> it has got to be something I like. I like. And there's not many foods I don't. But yeah, my favorite dinner dish, um, do you know what? Like again, I'm quite boring. If I'm talking speed and say I'm making a dinner for myself, a quick one that I will always make is will be, um, it will be something like either chicken mince, turkey mince, beef mince. Um, and I'm very much a fan of just cooking everything in the one pot. So I'll chuck that in. I'll chuck it in with some frozen mixed veg some seasoning, paprika, garlic, um, just, I get inventive, just whatever's in the, in the cabinet, a little bit of salt and pepper, cook that up, chuck in a packet of rice, mix that up, and that's probably what I'll sit and happily eat, um, is it my favourite dinner dish? No, I mean, I think if I have to choose a favourite, it's probably going to be, I don't even know, I, I like Thai green curry, That's yeah, a nice one, like, <laughs> I like steak, you know, I, it's a hard question for me to answer, because I, I view food more as just a a tool, you know. What about you, mate? Maybe you can answer answer that one
1: better than me. For me, no, we've actually got a few. I mean, we are very similar, like both of us, me and Rachel can also just say, yeah, whatever, but we don't want to like to eat the same things the same day, every week type thing. We do like to swap it up. But like two things that we both love to make, Rachel does make a great spaghetti bolognese. I do do love bolognese. Like when Rachel makes it is unbelievable and to be honest it's not that high either because of how we make it but it's just tremendous so shout out to Rachel for that and then we also one that we both can make that I do actually really love is like a tuna pasta bake um, basically just pasta tuna bit of mayo through it cook that all up then just put it in a casserole dish mm-hmm. slightly mozzarella through it with fish sticks through it and then bake it in the oven um, so it becomes crispy on the top and that is yeah I, I would maybe be that's probably one that. of our favourite ones
0: Les Leslie would not like that man. She's not a big. A lot thing. of
1: folk w- don't like it because the, the idea of having hot tuna. A lot of folk obviously like tuna cold, but trust yeah. me, it's it's a yeah. game changer. It's a winner, man.
0: It's a winner. Yes, yeah, when you know, bake like, it, we. I mean, fajitas are a good one. Ah, oh. I can't see that we sit like, you know, especially with Harrison now. Man, I have the time to sit down and make good make meals, you know. And then previous to that, with me working one to one all the time. We never really had like I would actually say for the majority of our relationship, me, me and Lizzie have been together four or five years, just with the way I work, and especially with her working that as well, shift stuff, like we don't tend to have dinner together a lot. Like when we do, it's very few and far between. But now it's Harrison's always taking over. So uh yeah, we don't, <laughs> don't have the we make dinner, but it tends to be quick something that we like, you know. So um it's just what fits our what fits our food and and then we go through there.
1: Somebody does want any
0: of the recipes. yeah go go to Jack for recipes. Don't come with me. I just chuck mince in a pan with some rice, and that's
1: bit. I uh, must admit that sounds absolutely honking.
0: Oh <laughs> nice. man, it uh, tastes. It's all about. It's all in the seasoning. Unless the it's season. beef
1: mince, yes. I don't know if I'd like because, like, we make turkey mince. We make turkey
0: burgers with turkey mince. Yeah, yeah, I do that, man. T- chili and lime turkey burgers are nice, man. That's a good yeah. one. I've made that a couple of times. Any oh, idea on no. recipes? Don't ask Blair. Right, I don't ask me. Don't ask me. I've got. a, have actually got one of my clients, Grace. Um. So maybe if she's listening to this, she'll 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 be uh thankful for a wee shout out. One of my clients, Grace. I literally call her the in-house Team J chef because in our WhatsApp chat, she is constantly putting up absolutely banging recipes. She has two kids. She works. She gets everything stuck in. I don't know how she does it. Um. Because I don't. I. Don't, I hat off to her man but she constantly she actually someone else chat asked about recipes in the group chat and grace must have listed about 18 recipes and every single one of them looked absolutely fantastic like beef mongolian curry and cool, all grace. these other, i know like proper like and i'm like here's me with my with my, my beef mince and rice <laughs> and was in bed being like that's great grace that looks awesome you know like, oh too good um but yeah so yeah, I'm I'm a born answer. Go to Jack for, for more answers like that. Apologies, people. Or go
1: to Grace.
0: Or go to Grace. Yeah, go to Grace. <laughs> okay, um, Jack, uh, this is quite a good one. So um let's let's have a read this. Um is it when you lose the way you want to... Okay, so what someone is asking here, Jack, is um basically how long should they be in a calorie deficit for and then at what point should they then begin to increase calories and how do they go about doing that so effectively say this person is looking to lose a set amount of weight um how long should they be in a calorie deficit for in order to achieve that and then when they get to potentially their target should they then look at increasing calories then and how do they go about doing that
1: so, again, it comes back to what Blair says. It really all depends. Um, if you're in a calorie deficit for six weeks to reach your goal, then it's six weeks. If you're in a calorie deficit for six months, then it's six months. It really all depends on the individual. But the sort of rule of thumb that I would use, and for you guys to understand, the listeners or whoever's asked this question, is basically just under, uh, is sort of trying to understand that, as Blair says, if you've sort of set out to achieve a goal, then and your goal is fat loss, getting leaner, building a better physique, then ultimately it's going to come down to when you feel ultimately happy and you've reached that goal. If you obviously need to be in a calorie deficit for X minute period of time, so a certain period of time in order to hit that goal, then that's obviously depending on how long that's going to take. Um, and again, it comes down to so many different factors. Again, the answer to that is how long is a piece of string. Um, but, Yes, when you become happy, um, we would then obviously recommend you that. Obviously, depends on generally how long you have been in that deficit. Obviously, being in a deficit does take its toll, and especially if you're gradually taking calories down, in terms of energy, focus, functioning, hunger, um, all that sort of stuff will start to deteriorate eventually. I mean, I know myself and Blair can probably say it's happened to us many times, i.e. bodybuilding. Um, Like one of the times I think I'd done it for like eight and a half, nine months worth of deficit and that's like consistent deficit and slowly taking away probably every three or four weeks, chipping away calories, adding in steps, adding in cardio. So it's probably more aggressive than what you're currently doing right now. Um, So you probably chance are you probably last a little bit longer than a deficit if need be. But if you've achieved that goal and you're now becoming happy then yes, that would be when you would look at or think about starting to slowly increase calories. And again, you've got two options. Personally, I prefer the slow and steady, just the way we've took you down slow and steady. So just for example, you've started at, uh let's say 2,500 calories, I'm just going to pluck a number out, 2,500 calories, and you've slowly taken yourself, or myself is slowly taking you down from 2,500 calories, dieting all the way down to just say 1,500 calories, just for example. So I'm just going to use a 1,000 calories there. Yes, could you go now work out your new maintenance calories by using maybe an online formula or a formula I've maybe used before or whatever? Yes, and you could increase those calories straight back up to that new maintenance. And let's say, for example, that is above that 2,500 calorie mark. Then yes, you could do that. However, I don't always recommend that. I personally like to coach you as what would just sort of reverse you back out of it. So from 1,500 calories... Make small baby steps all the way back up to that sort of maintenance level so that you're slowly going to get one from a mindset point of view more than anything to really protect that mindset because all you've ever known, let's say for the last six months or the last nine months, is taking those calories down from 2,500 to 1,500 in this example to now all of a sudden just go straight back up again. You're going to worry of fat gain, weight gain, why on earth did I do all this? So for me, first and foremost, I'm going to protect your energy, protect your sort of mindset slowly increase you
0: can I ask so if you were say a client and they died down for nine months and stuff how quickly would you be looking at getting them back from say that 1500 to their new maintenance of say 2200 how quickly over what kind of time span would you be looking to get those calories back up
1: so again uh, uh, for me it does always depend because that person could be have a really good relationship with food have have a really good relationship with themselves maybe went through these phases before, so chances are be a little bit quicker. So I may add like 200 calories in and just increase that maybe every 10 days. Yep. Or if someone's a little bit more skeptical and a little bit more worried, it might literally be 100 calories every 10 days.
0: Yep. Yep. Or
1: it could be 100 calories every two weeks. So mm-hmm. in yep. this instance, if it was 100 calories every two weeks, you're asking for 600 calories. So looking at 12 weeks then, out the, the example that you'd let, let's say said, yep. but again, it's all individual dependent. Um, and if you're someone who is a little bit more sceptical of adding calories back in, myself and Blair will tell you, don't worry about it. Yeah. You're better to go slower, adding in calories and sort of um, processing from a mindset point of view, but also physically processing the food, slowly increasing it back up again, thinking about how you're going to get those calories back in, what sort of types of food you're going to use, how you're going to do it, that, if that's going to make it easier for you. Do that, so yeah, that's sort of where my take is. It, yeah, is on that. Um, and there's obviously you can talk about it for a long time, but I'd rather Blair chip in with his side of it. So, yeah, Blair, what would you say on those sort of two questions?
0: Yeah, no, just taking the pick off where you left off. I think I was, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's quite important to know, um, what Jack was saying there in terms of the, the reversing process. Um, it's certainly a process that's not as long, and it's a fraction probably of the time you've spent dropping calories down but the benefit that it can can have means that you can tolerate more calories. Um, A lot of things then come up with it in terms of energy um, intake, um, your efficiency of utilizing the calories, and therefore you avoid that fat gain and that splurge as well. What I think can be difficult and jack i knew jack would say it depends and i knew that was going to be his answer anyway when it comes to that which is which is awesome because it could be massively dependent on when people finish a diet some people then like to go and make a shit ton of um social plans so if you've got social plans now planned every single weekend that involve calories and you're going to want to relax things off for that then understand that that process of reversing your calorie intake will be slower due to the fact of What you've got factored in, you know. Um, but for me, um, I think one thing to understand is it's totally like what Jack says. I think the length of time that you will be in a calorie deficit is massively dependent on where you're currently are and where you want to be. But a good rule of thumb to go by is moving that you want to be losing roughly anywhere from 0.75 to one and a half percent of your body weight per week. If you're within that category, you're within a great rate of loss. That tends to land about the one to two pounds per week mark for most people. Okay. So if you're losing anywhere from one to two pounds per week, then that is a good rate of loss. Now multiply that by how much you think. So if you've got 20 pounds to lose and we're going for one pound a week, that's 20 weeks. If you're going for um 20 pounds to lose and you're aiming for two pounds a week, that's 10 weeks. That will give you an idea not the specific amount of time that you must be in a deficit, but an idea so that you can plan ahead. Um, and then exactly what Jack was saying when it comes to increasing calories. Um, again, it's massively personal dependent, um, but for most people who are just general, who have just been general fat loss looking to get in good shape, reversing up is always going to be a good idea. The only, the only time that I would jump someone's calories up slightly as if it would be in their best health interest to do so. So for instance, if I've got a competitor who's competing on stage who are a very lean body weight and they're very lean for a long period of time, I will be looking at jumping their calories up a chunk to get body fat back on for a hormonal standpoint. Yeah, but no, horm- high perspective. yeah. Um, but that is because that's them. All right. That's one thing independent, that so- It's all personal, dependent what your goal is, why you're getting lean, how lean you are, and where we're wanting to go after that. If your goal is to gain um, muscle mass, um, then it may be more efficient to try and um, bring calories up a little bit quicker. But if your aim is to maintain and sustain the result that you've got, slower, gradual increase is always the best way.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I don't think there's really much more. To add to that, because okay. like I said, you could generally, no word of lie, you could possibly make a full sort of 20... Oh, well, we could talk about this all day, you know. Yeah, uh, 20, 25-minute episode on that alone. But obviously, if you guys, if there is someone or a few out there that are thinking about that, um, you might be at that stage, you might manage on your own. If you want us help or any guidance, just drop us a message, let us know, because <laughs> obviously we'd rather... That is the most important thing, is that after the after. It's probably more important than the before and the after the, part.
0: The after so, care, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it's that sort of looking after you. Um, So, yeah, obviously, if you've got any questions, then let us know. So, yeah, just to finish this off then, Blair, you sort of answered the question eight was how much weight was a good amount to lose each week, which, again, Blair just gave you the percentages on. So, why don't we finish off on question nine then, Blair? Do you ever struggle with with staying on track? That way we'll then sort of close this
0: off. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Um, I think it's... I think it's it's quite an open question. Um, yeah. Staying on track, on track with what? Training, nutrition, um, life, business. And what do you to...
1: call what is someone staying on track to someone's off track to do different things?
0: Yeah, man, exactly. I think, again, it's personal. It depends on what you class is being on track and what is off track. Um, have I stayed on track for... Ever since I've started my journey, yes, 100%. I've never fallen off track of all, you know, if I have to look at the time spent and where I'm going, then yes, I'm, I'm staying on track, um, whether that's a slower rate or faster rate than I have perceived or wanted, that, that depends. But um, do I question it? Do I struggle with it at times? Of course, life gets in the way, um, things happen, life changes, circumstances change uh and i'm and you know we're only human of course you're going to struggle to stay on track um but it's the overarching consistency and um the overarching goal you know um it comes back to that point of consequences i think i just try and remind myself look like i think we've discussed this before me you know i think amount of times i've looked at i think i i think i consider my job every time i have to do my tax bill you know what I mean? I'm just like, shit. Why am I doing this? Um, but, uh yeah, like, do I do I struggle with staying on track? Course I do, man. Um, but there's a difference between struggling to stay on track and giving up. What about yourself, man?
1: Yeah, agree on that. And yeah, I'm the same, mate. Um, I've, uh, do, do I've struggled to stay on track. Course I do. Um, as Blair said, life gets in the way. Family gets in the way. Things will happen. Um, and. Like, for you guys that do follow me on social media and have done for a while, you'll have seen that I've let myself go before as well, where I've gained lots of body fat back on. Um, I've maybe let myself let, let my personal standards drop and stuff like that. That's just normal. That's, that is going to happen, and that is what happens when I do possibly struggle to stay on track. That's yeah. all right. Um, and it's about then just knowing, can I continue this way? No, I can't, because if I, if I do, where is it going to lead me? And again, it's that consequence thing if we've got a consequence and the reason as to why we're doing it, if those two are strong enough, you're then going to realise it. And that's when it's sort of that penny drop moment for me of, right, okay, cool. I need to maybe get my finger out, start to take action, start to realise the detriment that it's going to have now on the quality of life that I now have. Um, But yeah, like I do struggle time to time, yeah. And again, like that, whether it's something family orientated, um, that maybe I need to put my more effort and interest into that. And I'm finding it hard to balance things that's when i maybe find it, find it a little bit harder. But most most importantly, and that's what Blair was saying, it's that consistency over a longer period of time. Because you might have two weeks where you literally fall off track altogether, but who cares? It's done now, and you just then look at getting back on track, not necessarily turning that two weeks to two months type mm-hmm. thing. Because that long-term consistency over, let's say, a yearly period, two-yearly period, three-yearly period, or your lifetime period, because, um, again, consistency is going to be key. So yeah, that's sort of where I would say with that. But yeah, hundred percent, like myself and Blair, will always sort of struggle to stay on track, and in other times, we'll be absolutely flying. Like, I think it's
0: just
1: human, man. Else. Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't think, I don't think, I think anyone who turns around and says, "I've no, never struggled to stay on track," I guarantee is lying. No matter how, um, how much they're in control right now, how much like things like shit will change, like. I like I would have perceived and the, like a biggest thing that I've always had and, and it's been the biggest realization when it's like having a kid like back when you're like when you didn't have kids and stuff you'd be like no I'll still be able to stay on track and doing that like no shit that that shit changes your life you have to change and adapt and that is going to impact your ability to stay on track while you struggle with it of course like there's like let's not let's not like look at struggle as a bad thing you know so yeah of course everyone does.
1: Yeah, totally agree, and I don't think really we need to add much more to that other than just understand you guys know that we're just as human as you are. Yeah. Um, so probably we're not going to end on a sort of 1% because it wasn't yeah. a said topic, but what we will just say is make sure you listen to this back and any questions that you do have off the back of the questions that we've already answered, because usually with an answer, you'll end question. So yeah, feel free to drop us a message, whether it's something that I said, something that Blair said, Yep. Or both, or both, just copy and paste both. Um, the, the question to both of us, and we'll happily, yeah, of both. course. But yeah, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. If it is something you do enjoy, then let us know because obviously, we want to know if it's beneficial. We can then obviously yeah. do. do
0: more,
1: yeah, down the line.
0: Okay. Awesome, Thank as you, as always, as always, my man.